welcome to Crew Talk brought to you by Shoot Stop Video. That was an awesome intro. Thank you, Justin, for that intro. I'm Sarah Marintz. I'll be your host for this evening. And I have my co-host here, Justin. Hi, how you doing? Justin McAleese here, Fresno, California, Shoot Stop Video. Yeah, happy to have you guys on today to talk about film lighting, movie lighting, video lighting. It's gonna be super fun. All kinds of lighting. We're going to cover it all. And we have a fantastic panel here today. I'm going to go through quickly, have them all introduce themselves. And since we have so many people here, we have so much to talk about. So I'm going to quickly do this, starting with Pamela. Welcome. Hi, I'm Hello. It's nice to be here. Uh, my name is Pamela. I have been a filmmaker for over 20 years, a photographer for over 10. Um, I moonlight as a gaffer or a script supervisor or producer or director, and I now manage all of North America for Rotolite. And I've been teaching lighting and LED lighting for, gosh, seven, eight years now. Wonderful. We're glad to have you. Hello, Art. Thank you for joining us today. Might be on mute. Oh, rookie mistake. Hey, uh, Art Adams here. Uh, I was a DP for a long time, uh, more than I should probably say. Uh, shot mostly commercials, corporate, but a little bit of everything. Uh, some second unit feature work, documentaries, visual effects, things like that. Uh, and I am currently Cinema Lens Specialist at Airy in Burbank. Wonderful. Glad to have you. Hello, Ian. Welcome to the show. Oh, you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> oh, we may need to take him off of mute. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we is that it? You got it. All right. Hey guys. Hey guys. What's going on? Ian Macklis here from Fresno, California. I've been a gaffer, riff raffer, uh, camera op, all kinds of stuff for 15 plus years now. And uh, loving every moment of it. Uh, finding out new stuff all the time. Great. And next we have Jose there with a pretty cool setup there. Hello. Hello, everybody. Fantastic <laughs> panel there. I am the marketing officer of Fluotech, and I have been in this business for the last 40 years. I think that uh, I am one of the old guys here, but uh, happy to help anyone. Excellent. We are glad you are here. And next we have Troy. Hey, guys. I'm uh, Troy tonight from Denver, Colorado, a DP gaffer uh, for about 10 years. I started in Atlanta and moved here right out of college. And uh, most of my work is in commercial and uh, feature and short length narrative. Wonderful. And we have Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi. Yep. Luke Serveld. I've been a gaffer for, uh, well, probably too long, but not quite as long as Jose. And <laughs> uh, yeah, here in the Bay Area, corporate video mostly started off in features and stuff like that. And I know Art, so didn't see him on the list before, but it's really nice to see him here. Awesome. Well, I'm glad together. you two could connect again. That's great. Well, um, we have so many questions here today. I actually don't even know where to start, but um, this is a subject that Justin actually knows a lot about. So Justin, do you want to take our first question and kind of pick who you want to throw it to? Yeah, that is a... <laughs> <laughs> there there are so many there's so much <laughs> yeah no no that's fun there's there's so yeah. much to get into um let's start with a throw one out here how have you seen the world of cinematography and or lighting specifically change the most like what's been the biggest impact in the last couple of years luke i'll go to you first well i think you'd have to pick out leds uh just because that's been the the biggest sea change not that much has really happened in the grip side of things, but uh, in lighting, uh, yeah, it's been LEDs and, and making that transition 
but uh, or just adding to HMIs and tungsten and uh, regular Kina flows. Now, yeah, bringing in a, a different quality of light. Uh, many people tried to stay away from it for as long as possible, but uh, it's it's been kind of an undertow that's sucked us all in. Yeah, absolutely. Pamela, what, are there any downsides to LED or LEDs? Are we seeing sort of the way that the industry is going that, that sort of gets away from some of the positives as the other types of lighting? They used to be a big downside of your ROI. It used to take so much power and you weren't getting as much output. But in the last few years, that has exponentially changed as the diodes have evolved. I mean, you're looking at, at um, Star Wars where the Mandalorian lit their entire set with full LED lights. I mean, it was to, to even think about that a few years ago wasn't even a conceptual idea. So the, um, the downsides that have been are actually kind of no longer. I mean, we're still working with issues with, you know, white LEDs and, and the types that are and how it's being used. But that, again, is changing as the evolution of LEDs has come so far in the last seven or eight years. It's, it's absolutely kind of incredible to be in the lighting industry and see it evolve where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. Ian, would um, tell me a little bit how LED lighting has changed your game and or I know you still have a soft spot in your heart for tungsten. Like, how does that play these days? Well, yeah, um, just like everyone was saying, uh, the LEDs can do so much. Um, and uh, the only downside is that you don't look cool putting on the gels on the front of your <laughs> tungsten barn doors and like picking them out and stuff, you know, <laughs> it'd be the only drawback. But I, the main thing I see is that um, we're able to get such a like, you know, big boy light, if you will, such a, a studio light for, in a small package. And so many people now can utilize the, the, um, the power of, of a large source and what it can do through a window for your diffusion, for all these things, you know, with their budget. And uh, it's really opening up um, a whole different avenue for young filmmakers to make their stuff look just like the big boys. Yeah, absolutely. Troy, I, I was on set with you a couple of years ago and I know that um, you have your own truck, you have your own gear. And how does the fact that this technology is changing so quickly impact your ability to like have all the toys that you're supposed to have? How, how does someone approach it that way when they're like an owner operator? Yeah, I, I look at it as just a, another tool. Um, <clears throat> I still keep a fair amount of tungsten. I think tungsten was, was made for skin tone. So I will always carry tungsten on my package. Um, but I think LED, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's the right tool for the right project. Um, I just recently got the 600D and I love it. I, I've actually shelved my, my 1200 um, HMI and, and put that in my attack cart because it, it comes to play more often. It, it does the same amount. It actually has a little bit more output. I don't know if I have a, a dirty lens or what, but it, it definitely is, is coming to the game strong. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very much looking forward to that day. I want to do exactly that, switch yeah. over to the 600D instead of the 1200s. Um, I know, Luke, you've done some tests on the 600D and that sort of thing. Can you shed any light on that real quick? Yeah, recently we, you know, had a, a setup with uh, M18 going through an 8x of Magic Cloth. And then we were going to look at that in comparison to something else. Uh, but then we thought, hey, while we're at it, why don't we just put up two 600Ds instead of that M18 and see how that compares. And we had to turn down the 600Ds to 
80% each to match the output of the M18. So that, that was kind of a fun thing. You know, there has been the issue with the fan. So maybe in a tight room, that's not the best, uh, yeah. you know, solution, but uh, they are working no. hard on that. And I think um, we'll, we'll be seeing uh, hopefully a, a good patch for that very soon. Sure. Yeah, Jose, were you, did you say something about that? No, 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 it's perfect. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with what is going on. Uh, a fantastic time for, for every lighting manufacturer. Uh, I, we started uh, 20 years ago and, and now we have uh, hundreds uh, all around the competitors around the world. So this means that we have to be very careful about uh, uh, all the, the things that go into this technology. And uh, yeah, I, I think that the, there is a lot of improvement that has been done in the in the last years. Yeah, Art, um, you know, for so long the amount of light you needed was there was sort of a minimum level that you had to have, and because lenses weren't fast enough, or or your stock wasn't fast enough, or whatever it happened to be, how does um, how do lens choices these days? Because that's sort of your specialty these days. How does that get affected by the fact that we have so much lighting that can produce a lot of light with not much power? Uh, it, it's necessary. I mean, it, uh, what I've seen in the industry over time is that uh, there's more work than ever, but because of that, the money's getting spread farther, but the expectations are still really high. So you still have to do the same quality of work with a lot less. And the good news is that cameras have gotten a lot faster and there's a lot of really fast lenses out there. Um, and then we also have a lot of lighting choices that follow along. And I find, um, particularly with LED lights, um, having fewer lights that can do more things is really important because you don't necessarily uh, have the opportunity to uh, fill out a package with a lot of different lights or move a lot of lights around. You need lights that will do a lot of different things. So you can get them into one place and then you can futz and change and, um, you know, I think there's that that combination of uh, kind of having lights that are Swiss Army knives, fast cameras, and fast lenses. It's really allowing us to keep the quality level high in spite of all the pressures that are fighting against that. That's yeah. really what I've been seeing. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Sarah, what's next on the list? What else do we want to know? I was going to throw it to Jose and ask, uh, for a technical level, how do you light for technical proficiency? This is, this is a fantastic uh, question. Uh, I think that the, the best thing that we can think about the, the technical is that, for example, for video film, you, you have to have a legal signal. Uh, this is something that you have to achieve with lighting uh, really in, in, in a in a way that uh, everybody feels comfortable about uh, what they are going to do with the signal or the image uh, once they, they capture it. And uh, this is something that has been uh, a part of the, of the video industry and the film industry that uh, you have to achieve legal limits. And, and in terms of uh, photography, although some photographers don't agree totally with this, I would say that uh, you have to get the, the right amount of exposure that will give you a nice image without noise. Uh, that would be the, 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 the most, uh, uh, I would say, simple way to tell about what are you looking for in a technical sense. 
Okay, excellent answer. Pamela, do you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I, you know, when I teach uh, filmmaking 101, I still teach my new filmmakers to learn how to use the light meter, learn how to use your color meter, learn how to read those scopes, understand how the light is interacting with the particular cameras you're working with. You need to understand that and go back to film 101 on a lot of these issues. You know, for me, I grew up switching from film to digital in the film world. And honestly, I didn't learn how to use a light meter in the very beginning. And then once we start getting monitors that showed the scopes and, and I started going into bigger productions, it was something I had to go back to and learn. And now I teach that to my other filmmakers who are coming up is like, you've got to learn this. You may not learn it in school. You may come up as, as a one-man band on your own, but go back to those basics and learn those skills. So learn that first, then kind of move into everything else. Yes, understand what the scopes mean, understand what it, how to set your light meters, understand all of that. And you'll be, instead of being a good gaffer, you'll go and be that next level. If you understand it all, you're, you're going to be better at what you do. And set you apart. Yeah, exactly. What about for an aesthetic level? Like how do you create attractive lighting combinations? Yeah. And what does that mean these days? Like how, you know, when you have everything at your fingertips in terms of color, especially, how do you, how do you not get overwhelmed option paralysis in that sort of situation? Anyone want to take that? At the end of the day, you're telling a story and you need to understand, you know, your warms and your cools and what that means subconsciously too. So if you understand psychology and you're saying colors and you're saying sound, that basic level is going to help you artistically create moods that you want to create. Anyone else want to jump in on that? Uh, yes, I, I think that there are interesting things that you can talk about the, these uh, creative concepts. Uh, for example, now that we are having uh, uh, RGB lights all, all around, uh, one of the things that are important, for example, is that, that you take into account how the complementary colors work together in a scene, for example, how to create a palette of colors that will go uh, uh, helping your talent or your, your whole attire or the stage, uh, how the, the colors can affect the mood and, and the psychology of, of, of the situation, uh, how the, the position of the lights affect the mood also. So, uh, yes, of course, uh, uh, lighting has uh, a lot of uh, issues that can be taken into account psychologically, emotionally, uh, from the technical point of view. And, and the more you go into that, the more you love the, 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 the light. No? That, that, that's why we call ourselves the light warriors, because of, <laughs> you, you, you have to fight with the light. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ian, I think you had some input on that. Um, yeah, I think... Uh... Uh, you know what that what everyone else said is 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 true of knowing the meaning behind what you're lighting you know a comedy is going to look different than a drama a horror is going to look different than you know yada yada um and going with your gut you know like feeling the light out uh is really important to me kind of just walking into a scene and um thinking about it uh imagining you know putting yourself there being a character in the scene uh is really important and i'd say also you know staying with the times because, you know, movies in the 40s and 50s lit a certain way. And if you like that, like now, it's going to look really weird. Even if you, you, could, you can make something look like the 90s with lighting. You can make something look like, like, like just strange a little bit. So, like, understanding where um, everyone in the world is at on, like, their style of, like, a, a really low, um, you know, a negative fill in the front now. Or, or like, 
a really, really, really hard edge is what everyone's kind of, you know, getting on together as like a community with the, with the style, with the changes um, of our style as people watching. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Luke or Art, maybe you could um, talk about that a little bit. How you guys have been doing it for a while and how do you sort of unlearn things or shift to keep with the times? Do, do you feel like you have to go through that process um, consciously at all? Luke? Yeah, um, I, I guess it's, um, it, you know, it, it changes like what, what, you know, like you're saying, uh, uh, the, I forget, um, is it Troy, maybe? Uh, Ian. No, sorry, Ian. Um, you know, that hard smash, that's often like a sports thing. Uh, often it's, it's like different types of production have kind of their go-to looks. And then, you know, for a while we had shaky cam, you know, and then that, that went into, uh, um, into more of a Dana Dolly type thing. And then that got rid of a lot of use of, of uh, dollies. And so it's like the, the tech and the creative have always kind of gone hand in hand. Then uh, with sky panels, you know, color came back, so to speak. And, and so people started finding ways of using color in production, even though that wasn't really so much of a thing, you know, gels and all that was always there, but, but it, it came back with, and then with the stereotubes. Uh, so a, a lot has, um, there's been this kind of push and pull between technology moving ahead and creativity uh, either leading or using what's available to, to, to change. Uh, so I think just like with the DSL, DSLR revolution, now we're having that with the LED revolution in a sense. And uh, it's making us all uh, have all these much more, you know, uh, uh, capable creative tools, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I think of it's similar, maybe in a way to where you have a word processor, you're, you're making a flyer, you're going to Photoshop or Illustrator, whatever it is. And like, you have a 100 fonts there. And you have like a whole different bunch of different ways to outline them and drop shadow and all these things. It's like, you can easily overdo that. Just because you have 100 fonts doesn't mean you should use five fonts on a flyer. And that's that's sort of the trick sometimes with color and or say backlight and how much negative fill versus fill versus any of these things. It's like, there's always a balancing act there. And when we get new tools, we tend to maybe want to use all those tools because it's fun to do that. And that's, I think the art is like finding what not to do. I think that's very important. Um, art, Mr. Adams, yeah. what would you say about that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, it's funny. I was once accused of using every light on the truck just because you know, <laughs> I, I had one rental house tell me they were going to start charging me for shockware. And then I think it's a natural progression. You just, uh, the more experienced you get, the more you learn how to do more with less. And also you become more ambitious and the more ambitious you are um, as far as you know, getting the number of shots and what you're trying to do you learn to simplify because if you make it too complex, you're just not going to be able to do it. So if you design this crazy 360 move, if you spend all day lighting it uh, and hiding lights and doing all this other stuff, uh, you know, at some point you're going to run out of time to do the move or it's going to get go massively over budget and you're never going to get hired again. So it's always a balancing act with what, um, you know, where you are in your career 
learning to perfect your eye, learning to, um, you know, figure out what you really like, what your style is, because everyone has a style. And you can push that style around a lot. And I've done that a lot over the course of my career. Um, but there's always this kind of core to who you are, and you kind of have to find out who that is. And once you find out what that 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 core feel you have is, then you, um, I think you just become, you start refining what you do. And that kind of guides, like, you know, I learned that I like uh, naturalistic lighting that has some punch to it. So my style has always been soft, uh, contrasty. Um, I like subtlety. So, uh, you know, I'll do things like I've learned how to light shadows because lighting a shadow can be as interesting as lighting highlights. Mm -hmm. But that kind of takes a while for you to get to that, that level of subtlety. In the beginning, I just realized as I experimented, I like the subtlety of soft light. I like the way it wraps around faces. I like the way it makes everyone look good. But then I started learning how to kind of modulate it. Like sometimes I want it a little softer, a little harder. How do I keep it off that back wall? Because if it sprays everywhere, then everything just, the contrast is just too low. So then you go through the stage of, you know, maybe soft light with contrast, building that in, um, learning how to modulate it. You, you just, I think everyone goes through stages. And I think some of it is driven by new technology because as, as cinematographers, certainly I, I see all cinematographers look at what's possible with a new tool and then just try to push that boundary. So some new tool will come out, everyone will jump on it. And then, you know, it, you'll see it everywhere, especially in, used to be in music videos. That was the big thing. Someone to do something really cool in music videos. And then suddenly for like the next three or four months, you'd see that in every music video and then it kind of drift off and you'd start seeing it in places where it was just really more applicable to the story but yeah. there's a lot of that experimenting going on yeah where, where people see something and i think it's natural you see something you like and you want to emulate it and then it kind of ripples through a community and then it kind of settles out and it just becomes another tool for sure and you, you were talking about <laughs> soft lighting and soft lighting has the um has the tendency to be hard to control. You know, you got a big soft source, you get a six by 12 by whatever it is, a bouncer shooting through it. And it's like, what do you do? Um, that was a question from Ken is like, how how do we handle control these days with um, so many LEDs and maybe bigger, softer sources than we used to have? Um, did Troy, maybe you take that. Yeah, um, that's where Grips uh, department comes in. I mean, they'll still always be controlling everything that we come and just puke out as far as light. Um, I think they're the, the gaffers get the recognition for the lighting, but the, the grip team is still the ones that come in and shape it. And I, I don't think that'll ever change no matter what happens with LED. I, I still think that's a good balance and relationship as it should be. Yeah, totally. Pamela, you're, uh, you're nodding. What do you oh, think? I just laughed at the puke comment. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's right. And, but if you're a one man band, if you're just a corporate, you know, shooter who's doing everything, you know, I, I gaffed an interview of a few weeks ago and the building they gave us was all windows and we're shooting through the entire afternoon. And luckily I scouted beforehand, took pictures, did the directional, see where everything was going to be and realized oh, I'm going to have to flag the crap out of this thing to keep the light consistent throughout the day. And I had to pull out all the stops and even borrow stuff from a production just so I could uh, puke out everything <laughs> possible to do what I needed to do. But, you know, our, our grips don't get enough recognition. That's for sure. Pamela, I love your little guest that you have with you. Oh. There. 
Yeah, my husband left for work and forgot to put the dogs in the crate. So love it. My dog's sleeping right back here. So no, I love that. Um, we do have some great questions in the Q and A that I just wanted to kind of address um, before we get too much further from Kenneth. Uh, he has another question. Hi, Kenneth. I'm a location and sound mixer. I often encounter lights with fans. How can we educate gaffers that fans are detrimental to sound? I don't know if anyone wants to take that one. <laughs> Luke's laughing because gaffers yeah. don't care about sound. <laughs> sort of. I mean, that's the running the industry joke, right? Sorry, Ken. I know Ken. <laughs> yeah, but who, who wants to who talk wants about... To and he and Ken also asked about um, uh, generators with regards to the same thing. I would say that one thing about generators that's good is they're probably sort of... There's less of them around in some cases because we don't need such big lights or lights that at least take as much power. So, I mean, it should be going that direction, even though Harbor Freight has these cheap $500 generators that happen to be really loud. And so it's like that's meeting at the same time as the fact that we can light with less power is happening. But I think in the long run, things will get quieter. But anyone else want to talk about the the fans on the lights these days yeah I tell you that it's getting better um you know when the leds come came out and as they were being more and more used on sets they were pretty loud but the technology is advancing that and now if you know different type of company lights or whatever like on rotolite you can actually turn off the fan go in stealth mode and that sort of thing so it's up to the operator to understand how to adjust those levels so that your sound guys are still your friends at the end of the day nice for sure troy, troy did you want to yeah go ahead and add on yes. to that Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. That is one thing I noticed with the 600D is, is the fan. Um, and coming from camera as well, I'm, I'm a red owner. So it's like some of my, my best friends on set are sound guys and I want to keep it that way. Um, as far as like generators and stuff, I, I say definitely that's what location scouts are for. You know, plan your distro accordingly when it comes to um, the other departments that we're going to be affecting. But yes, yeah, the 600D, I, I would love to see I don't know if there's a way to come out with some sort of saw or, you know, like a upgrade for it or something. Um, Cause I know red did that with, you know, being able to go like into a quieter mode when they're rolling, but it is a little distracting, not in bigger rooms, but in smaller rooms um, oh, I was gonna say, I is, is an issue, point. but yeah. I'm yeah. Doing hopefully zoom hopefully thing it, in here. it only gets better. No, worries. no, it's, it's definitely, they're rolling it out uh, soon. So we'll be able to uh, check it out and um, they'll send it to people to try it first and, and, uh, so it's sort of two things. It's like bring the level down and then make it more regular. So it's not a, a on off kind of thing. And yeah, that's um, that's definitely what we're all working at because LEDs, even though they come off as cool, they put out a lot of heat and usually heat out the back. So uh, with panel lights, the, the first LEDs, you didn't need as robust a fan, but now when we're getting to these, you know, um, hard light uh, LEDs with uh, a more concentrated um, uh, bit of a uh, clump of emitters, yeah. then the heat is a bigger issue. So uh, that's what we're going to have to deal with. It's always a push and pull, you know, trying to figure out where we, we especially when you're buying sort of knockoff things maybe from China, they'll take something that worked really well on a panel from a more expensive company, whatever it happens to be, and then sort of forget about the heat issue or forget about other parts of it that are like super important to the rest of what's happening on set. I do find that um, in some cases you get what you pay for in terms of that, things that you might not have th thought about um, that used to be, people maybe weren't even aware when they were given reviews like 
there's fans and these could be a problem on there um, as this stuff progresses. Um, Sarah, what do we got next? So we have a question from Mike Shields. Hi, Mike. Where is that manual about different lighting techniques for the various decades? <laughs> I don't know that there is <laughs> one that says that exactly. Ian, have you found that manual? Uh, I have not found the manual. I don't know. It's just a watch and learn. It's just uh, getting excited about um, deconstructing scenes that you watch, things that you're looking at, like, I'll be, you know, in the car with my wife and I'll just like look all super weird at her and I'll be like, stop. And then like somehow we've pulled into an area where the light is just hitting her just right. And I'll notice it and I'll like, I'll notice the real world. I'll notice like what things look like in certain situations and take a mental note or even take an actual note, but I don't do that. I just take a mental note and um, you just get um, really emphatic about um, geeking out on why why different light looks differently and it's just watching things you know just watching documentaries movies tv shows all the different things you just make all these mental you know ideas and then you got to go out and try it obviously because you're not going to be perfect at it the first time you do it um, so with experience comes the application of all that uh, those things you've noticed around um, around the, uh, the areas you look at that kind of goes along yeah. with my next question or what I was going to bring up is like the psychological level, like how to create symbolization or like represent moods, like the mood lighting and everything. Does anyone kind of want to take that one? Uh, yeah. there's, For example, in, oh, well, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Art. Oh, you know, the, the one, there was one thing that I used to get into arguments with the ad agency execs with all the time. And uh, I was always trying to take my commercial work to another level and it was a real fight because contrast is a lot of what drives moods. And I mean, color does, uh, quality of light, but contrast is really powerful. And I used to have this discussion, heated discussion about how shadows, for example, are not an absence of information, they're a color. Black is a color that you paint with. And you can do incredible things by painting with black. Uh, lighting the background, putting someone in front of it and not lighting that or using contrast and shaping things on a set. Um, and the there's this idea that- Art, the, the Rolling Stones made a whole a whole career out of painting it black. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if it'll work for them, it'll work for the rest of us. <laughs> anyway, and, continue, and, and sorry. Talking about painting, uh, about painting with light, uh, I, 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 some, some people ask about the manuals. Well, uh, there are fantastic uh, books like John Alton painting with light, and of course, all 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 the the magazines from American Cinematographer. I would recommend now they have every everything on online, and and there is a trove of information in in, in American Cinematographer that has been the work for a hundred years, and and I would uh, invite everyone to 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 go there. Uh, the Digital Cinema Society, for example, is another uh, fantastic. Uh, uh, organization that helps and has, has been doing a lot of uh, uh, shootouts and, 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 and expositions and everything. I would recommend everyone here uh, as our, for our audience to, to do that. No? Go, go to these uh, fantastic books that have been done by the masters. Uh, the American Cinematographer is, is a trove of, 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 of uh, information. I was, 
I always think about American cinematographer, like whatever I read in the four years old episode uh, issues, that's the stuff I'll have access to today. And that I could actually put in my stuff because that's about yeah. the time I got, you know, uh, cheap enough for me to be able to afford on my sets. But yeah, it's, it's fun to look at that. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there out of art with my stupid joke, no, no. but <laughs> no, that, that's fine. That was, that was the biggest point I wanted to make was, you know, mood, mood has a lot to do with contrast, but sometimes talking people into contrast, scares them because I, I think you want to be safe well some people get really literal looking at a screen they look at something and they say i can't see that like no no no. look <laughs> at the context of the story look at the context of the shot um i actually had an argument with a director one time where someone walked through a shadow and the director said oh no on playback go back 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 stop okay right there i can't see the person well the person had stopped in the shadow of a of a post as they walked you know, behind it. And it was maybe a half second. I said, so what? The person's walking through. I can't tell who they are. Well, you saw them when they were on this side of the post. You saw them when they're on this side of the post. They were only missing for a half second. It, it was, and I had to change the lighting and fill everything in just to fill in that one shadow. And that's an extreme example, but I've run into that a lot. And it's really just a great thing when you can find a director who kind of sees holistically and can just look at an image and go, yeah, that's perfect. As opposed to going, oh, no, no, that's too dark. That's, I can't see into that corner. Well, the action's over here and that's creating mood. Oh, no, no, I still can't see into that. Okay, I'll light it up, you know. So it's a constant battle. And, you know, you, you ultimately we're working for other people and it's their project and we have to make them happy. But it's just really a great thing when you can find someone to work for who kind of gets it and then lets you they, they they tell you what they want and then they let you do it and then yeah. they recognize that you've done it yeah and it's it's i think that's one of the important things you can do as a gaffer as a as a dp is find ways to talk to the clients that you can hopefully get them to come around to your side while making it making them think that it was their idea on something you know like is going to work better does anyone have Luke? You're nodding. I mean, who, who can who who has the best way to get someone who might not be as experienced as you to sort of see like what you're where you're coming from? Why you wouldn't light this person that's only going to be in the dark in the frame for twelve frames? I mean, you, some, go ahead, go ahead. Some some battles you can't win, but uh, you know I, I think the the main thing is it's a collaborative art, and if if you can make people feel good about themselves and their decisions, uh, then you know you offer them up and you don't do it in a sort of, it's my idea and your idea, but it's like, hey, you know, what about, you know, here's an option and then here, can I show you this? And, uh, and so, you know, if you can do things quickly and that's the nice thing about these days with LEDs and with all the control and apps and, and uh, you know, the, having the dimmer packs in the lights now instead of having that be a whole separate thing it's it's uh it's allowing us just like nles and editing it's allowing us to show different options and we're playing i mean if if you kind of have that sense on the set that we're playing professionally and getting it done and making what the the client wants i think everybody feels a lot more comfortable yeah. I do have to say that shooting in COVID on, on a couple commercials, I've been really busy out here in Utah with commercials. Um, it has been nice not having the agency on set. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's been so nice. 
Um, I once had a director um, was so frustrated with the agency tent, keep coming over and interrupting him and he turned around and I've never seen a director do this and I don't advocate this happens, but he was like, you hired me for a reason. I have a look, I'm making it happen. So please let me do my job. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And two weeks later, he won DGA director, commercial director of the year. So wow. I think he had enough pull to say that, but I personally wouldn't be able to do that to an agency, but I agree. Give options, um, you know, teach them, teach your agency and your clients that the monitor is not color corrected. You're, 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 you are going to see this in the shadows or you're going to see this and that. I think educating my crew or my agency on set has been the most helpful for them to understand my vision and their vision work together. Yeah. Like Luke was saying, like, I think there's a, an opportunity because you have such fine control at your fingertips with LEDs, especially it's like you, they're like, it's too bright. And you just knock it down a couple percent. And maybe that was plenty. Maybe that was all they really wanted. They just wanted like to say something and to have it done. And that might be enough. Troy or Ian, do you sort of run into those things? How, how do you deal with um, clients <coughs> that want something that you're like, I, there's no way I want well, to do that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, there is, you know, sometimes there's four clients on set and two of them are like, obviously the ones that just got hired and they're like, want to say something, they need to say something, you know? So there's all these people like needing to prove their worth in the client world sometimes. And then that kind of like jumbles up like the process. But, you know, again, like everyone was saying, um, it's a team effort and uh, educating them on the fact that, you know, you that we know the look and the style and like, trust us kind of, you know, I have the privilege, privilege and, you know, uh, disability of working with the same people for a lot of years. So like, we are like a crew, we know each other. We're like family sometimes. And yeah, it's so much fun on set and, you know, we understand each other and we understand our, how to push each other and how to accept things and then where to go for the new uh, exciting thing. Um, but when you, um, so you just have to be, um, uh, you just have to, to try to get your foot out there and make sure that you don't get walked all over because the clients sometimes don't really know what's good for them at the end of the day, to be <laughs> quite honest. Um, and you got to keep your, yeah, you got to keep your, your integrity, but also a good, cohesive workstation and uh, uh uh you know what's the word i'm thinking of compromises compromises are life absolutely yeah anyone else uh, need to shed light on that or are we good to move on you know i can i can throw on something no oh. uh jose i guess uh, yeah, uh, I, I want to come in just with the one thing that has been helping me a lot uh, since I was uh, working with light. Uh, archetypes are very interesting. So, for for example, for for people new to production and everything, uh, there are things that are very uh, understandable. The the sun is the the the, the main uh, the main source of light all over our lives. No, so if you try to emulate the sun, then then you are somehow right. Uh, for example, the the the, the sky is, is always a celestial kind of thing, and uh, and if you have a light from below, then then you it comes from the from the avern or from 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 the infern, and 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 when you when when you think that the, if you go into artistic uh, kind of work from the Renaissance and and the Gothic and and all the people that have been doing things with light, I I would say that you would get very good 
uh, insights about the psychology of how to use light. Yeah, can't underestimate that stuff. So many ideas behind it, and there's things that have worked for a very, very long time. Absolutely. Um, we are getting close. So 41, a couple more minutes, and then we'll get to the giveaway and all that stuff. Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we are getting close to our giveaway. So get ready for that. Um, but I was going to, I think it was a question in the chat box. And Justin, you just gave some good, or the question answer box, you just gave some good information. But if people wanted to know how to kind of get into a career like this or courses and classes um, to kind of dive into this, what, where should they start? What should they do? Like it's day one um, and this is what they want to do. Where, how do they do it? Go go watch Luke's videos. Luke's videos are great. Oh, He's got yeah. lots to talk about. Yeah, I feel like I'm hanging out with a celebrity right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go be a PA. Everyone just okay. go be a PA. Start off being a PA. Okay. Go be a PA. <laughs> I mean, and always be nice to your PAs. Always. <laughs> you never know when that yeah. PA is going to be a director someday. Yeah. <laughs> the, the beauty is these days, there's just so much information. I mean, online and it's free. I mean, you can, there's paywalls for stuff, sure, but uh, there's just so much to absorb. And, and then, you know, sort of the, the handbooks like the, you know, set lighting handbook uh, by uh, Harry Box. And then uh, the fake name. Yeah. <laughs> no. And he's a, he's a wonderful guy. And then there's, uh, of course, Alan Steinheimer's uh, Shaping Light for video in the age of LEDs. And, you know, this one's got every little thing. And then this is sort of like how to get out there and be the PA that moves into being an electric PA, being, you know, a grip PA and, um, you know, sort of more uh, hands-on-y kind of stuff. So that's, that's the sort of written part. And then so many videos to, to get into. My stuff tends to be, you know, for people that have, been around for a little while so um may not be the best place to start no maybe not starting but there's there's a wealth of knowledge there and i think too understanding that this world is i got a couple uh, or a uh, little anecdote or whatever um the world is actually not that big when it comes to cinematography and a lot of that and you have the opportunity to talk to people um that that might know a lot more than you and are very willing to share there's a website called reduser.net which i've been on forever because I am a red owner and all that. And anyway, uh, someone had posted like, I wanted to know about how this thing was in the latest Spider-Man movie. Can anyone point me to anything? And literally the DP from Spider-Man was the next person who answered. It was like, oh, here's what I did. And you're like, that's crazy. That's like asking yeah. a question. And then the, the president or whoever it happens to be is like, oh, here's what I did. Here's how it goes. And you're like, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so it's a very small world. Um, uh, Luke, do you know Steve Cardellini? Is that his name? He's yeah. up there. Yeah. There, there's yeah. an episode there about him. Yeah. So that's crazy. So if anyone's been on set and they know what a Cardellini is, like that's a real dude and he lives up in the Bay area and he made this thing that you use on set. And we just sort of assume that this stuff has all been around forever, but a lot of it hasn't. And these are all dynamic systems that are constantly changing. And um, he was a wonderful key grip for years and then would try things. Uh, and one of his coolest thing is called a headlock. And it's a, it's just a, a way to get a head onto a Mitchell base. Yeah. And it's just like brilliant, but yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I just don't stop tinkering and you know, Ian, I, Ian's my brother, by the way. So I, I know a lot of his stories, but he knows a guy too, that used a light that was 
just a big bunch of other lights. And that was what he used on set. And that was like how he did a lot of these scenes. Ian, tell me about the, the Ray Beam real quick. Oh, the Ray Beam. Oh, yeah. Uh, this guy, Ray Reinhard Peschke, who was like a, a gaffer on many um, movies in the 90s. And he made his own light out of just wiring together uh, rows of Cadillac 1K headlights and putting it to a three-phase system. And, you know, that's like on the high end of tinkering around. He just made his own lights and... Um, you know uh yeah that's, that's there's no wrong that. answer the, the point yeah. is like whatever works for you whatever you can bring to the set that's like makes it work for you is a, is a good way to approach yeah it. um okay so we are at the 45 mark um which means yeah <laughs> we're giveaway time we're giving away 50 bucks bnh gift certificate um whoop, whoop. no no one on here is eligible for that but everyone else is um yeah, so everyone needs to go to the shoot.video page. And do you know what they're looking for, Sarah? Yes, I do. Okay. So everyone, listen up. We're going to go to the shoot.video page, which Blake so kindly put in the chat box a little earlier. And your question for today is, when you search for a gaffer on shoot.video, who displays third? So when you search for a gaffer on shoot.video, who displays third? Make sure to put your answers in the chat box. There'll be a pull down menu. You probably, you can type in, I think we got someone already. All right. Who is they it, Troy? Know. Who shows up third, Troy? Troy, do you know? Honestly, I don't know. Well, it's just There's look in the messages. mirror, my man. It's you. That's that's <laughs> really yeah, yeah. Troy People shows saying up. That, I, I honestly didn't know that. <laughs> that's, that's Troy is the answer, and who who is that first? Uh, looks like Karen Hayes. Karen, Karen congratulations! Fifty dollars to B and H. That's awesome. Yay, Karen! And yay, Troy! You are our yeah. answer. We have not had that yet. Where one of our panelists is the answer to the question. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Woohoo, yeah. Karen! Um, very cool. Well, that was a quick one. Um, but does anybody have any? Um, this is always a fun question. Like advice, like personal advice, or maybe something that has helped you along the way or just like a little gold nugget of like info from the business that you want to share. Ooh, okay. Ian, your hand went right up. So you get to go first. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I've asked this question to other people and other people have told me, um, this very simple and easy answer, be a nice person on set and be cool to work with. And that is one of the biggest things because, you know, after a little bit, you can understand lighting, you can have a style, all these things, everyone's got that. But if you're nice and if you're respectable and if you are, have a good attitude and if you're hardworking and, and all those things and people want to be around you, then you're going to get hired more. Yeah. Very true. Uh, if I could add to that, I would say, um, we're saying that getting on set as a PA is kind of like the starting ground. I had a PA that kind of got thrown to me as a, as a swing here recently. And he, he sat down on lunch. He, he wants to be a director. And he sat down and asked every head of department what gear they used, why they used it. And um, yeah, just literally every department. And I thought it was so cool that he wants to know the insides and outs. And especially aspiring DPs, I highly recommend that you guys spend time in G&E. Because if you're going to get on some bigger setups where you're calling for 
you know, condor cranes and stuff like that. Like you need to understand how big of a peel it's going to be to your production, um, how much time it's going to take for a turnaround when you flip worlds, stuff like that. Like you really need to understand what you're asking and, and know how to utilize certain techniques. So anybody who wants to be a DP, be a gaffer first. Awesome. Luke, what about you? Well, I always have my uh, five, uh, five A's, attitude, aptitude, anticipation, attention to detail, and then just uh, a touch of assertiveness, you know, are sort of the five, uh, you know, aspects of being a good crew person. That's beautiful. Yeah. Anticipation is definitely a big one for me. Um, But those are all equally valid. Those are wonderful. Art? Oh, lots. Um, You know, it's interesting to see DPs who come up through gapping versus DPs who come through camera, because I often see that they have different strengths. You know, a lot of the times the, the DPs I've seen have come up through gapping, they'll be really strong at lighting, but maybe not know so much about the camera or, or lenses or camera moves. Whereas the DPs who come up through assisting will know more about that kind of stuff, but they'll rely maybe more on the gaffer. And I think over time they become good at whatever they're missing. But initially there's, you know, different, I can, I've seen patterns, it's really interesting. The thing that I found uh, is, it's always good to, as a, as a DP, and this is true of directors too, it's not your job to do everything. It's not your job to know everything. You just need to know where you're going. So what you need to do is, for example, if I'm working with, with you know, Luke, and uh, you know, I would say, you know, here's, here's what I want to do, and here's how I'm thinking of doing it. Is there a better, you know, what do you think? And, you know, about half the time Luke would say, well, I, there's another way to do this that'll get you to the same place. It'll be faster and cheaper and simpler. And, and then you kind of go, okay, great. You know, I very quickly learned not to say, you know, I want you to put a piece of speed rail up there and clamp the light up and do this and that. And I'd rather, you know, say, I need a backlight up there. I need this much power. I want it to be, you know, this much heat. I want it to be a little soft. And then they would say, yeah, great. You know, I'd say, how long? 10 minutes. Perfect. And then I'd see what they would do. And half the time, what they did would be something I've never seen before because your crew is working with lots of different people and solving lots of different problems all the time. And you're just working with you. So it's always a good idea to tell people what you want. And sometimes you have to be specific and say, the look I want is this light in that spot. And I know that's going to work. But a fair amount of the time, if you just describe what you want, often your crew will help you get there in a faster, more efficient way. So, and then you learn what that is and then your, your knowledge level goes up and you get the benefit from the fact that they're working with lots of different people and solving lots of different problems. What I've also found is that the nicer you are to your crew, the more they will have your back. I remember watching a, a DP work when I was an assistant and he said, okay, I want a 20 by silk, you know, overhead right there. And the key grip would say, well, the sun's going that way. Like, no, put it right there. I want it right there. Okay, they put it up. We rolled up one take. And then suddenly grip crews coming out, moving it over because the sun's coming out from behind the silk. So that's, that's the other part is, you know, learn to, you know, trust your crew and let your crew do their job. Because if you don't do that, then at some point they're going to stop saying stuff. And they're going to see that the, the train coming down the track, you know, you're going to be looking at the train. They're going to see the bridges out and they're not going to say anything. And you really want a crew where you've got that kind of relationship where, they're going to say, hey, you know, the bridge is out. Let me help you with that. And that's really just the best way to work with a crew, I think. 
the only t- it's super wise the only time i've seen crews mutiny it was for the person's best interest whoever they were mutinying on it's because they were sort of doing that they're like we're, we're gonna set him up for failure because that's what he deserves in this situation because he's sort of made his own bed so yeah i mean that you got to take care of your crew that's that's job one for sure um, well it's just it's disrespect and it, it's taking advantage of the fact that you don't know everything and that works at every level, especially with the directors. You know, directors, the best directors I've worked with are the ones who said, I don't have to have every idea. I'm just going to tell you whether your idea works or not. Nice. Excellent. Jose? Well, uh, this time asks for, for caring and, and, and serving. Uh, we all are confined and, and trying to, to innovate uh, the different ways of doing things. And, and the best has been told by everyone of, of, of the panel. Of course, you have to be careful, you have to be humble, and you have to serve. Uh, this is our motto. That, that, that's what we say. If you care to others and for others, uh, things will, will improve, uh, even in these <laughs> difficult times that we are all having. And, and, and stay safe and, and, and take distance and, and have a mask. Uh, this is something that, that we really need to do right now to... To, to keep on going and, and, and doing fantastic uh, productions that we need, no? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Pamela. You know, everybody has said exactly what I would say in different words and ways, and it's been incredible. I started off as an actress really young, and I was bugging everybody on set. Oh, what is that? What is this? What do you do? What is that for? What's this? And you know, a wonderful production manager asked me if I wanted to be a PA on her next set. And I was like, absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's where I came up. And it's, it's that eagerness and being a good PA will open so many doors to which direction you want to go in your film career. Absolutely. And Justin, since you know a lot about this area and just film overall, do you want to add anything today? Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't have it. Um, I would say that, um, you know, in every step of filmmaking, much about what Art was saying is like, and I've, I have to remind myself all the time, it's like, when you're a writer, you have to give enough information so that the director can take and understand the information so that they can bring their spin to it. When you're a director, you need to give that to the um, to the actor so that they can put their spin on it. And it's the same with the crew as a DP. Maybe you have to put what you want and explain that to them so that your crew members can do that. And then the, the gaffer and the key grip can do that to the people um, who are working for them. I think that level of respect at every single level all throughout the filmmaking process is super important. Not necessarily telling what people what to do, but telling people what you want to achieve. And I'm always having to remind myself of that and not just be like, I want this here, but say, I want this effect. How can we do that? What's the best way? Yeah, it's a creative industry and everyone who's working in it wants to be creative. So if you're allowing everyone to be creative in their own little space, then they're going to be a much more value. No doubt. Well, thank you everyone for all of that advice. And the last thing we do for every crew talk is we go around and everyone just gets to say their name one more time and your socials, like where we can find you if you have a website or an Instagram, just the best way to connect. And you can also drop it in the chat box as well. So Pamela, we'll go ahead and start with you. Yes, uh, so Pamela, and I work with Rotolite. You can find me personally, Pamela Ann Berry on Instagram, and I'll put it in the chat. Um, and then follow us on Rotolite as well, because we've got some pretty cool specials over the next few months um, as we're being aggressive, getting more and more lights on set, which is exciting. 
Nice. And Art? Uh, Art Adams, uh, former freelance DP, current cinema lens specialist at ARI. You can reach me by email at lenses at ARI.com. Easy to find. Nice. Wonderful. Ian? Uh, yeah, um, you can reach me at um, my LinkedIn, uh, Ian McAleese LinkedIn. And then uh, also, if you want to email me personally, Ian McAleese at yahoo.com. And Jose? My name is Jose Noriega. I am the marketing officer and chief revenue officer of Fluotech. And you can find us on Fluotech all over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We love social media and we are the light warriors and, and we are happy to, to be here and, and peace for everyone. Wonderful. Go. Troy. Yeah, Troy Tanaik. Um, Tanaik Visuals is my website. You can send me an email there. Uh, Tanaik Visuals on Instagram as well. Excellent. And Luke. Luke Sierveld. Sierveld.com uh, is, is the Sierveld lighting site. And then uh, I'm on YouTube, Meet the Gaffer and L. Sierveld on Insta. So lsierveld at gmail.com if you got questions. Excellent. Well, thank you all. This was a wonderful panel, very informative. And again, we are going to advertise Brick Madness. Everyone, hey. you got to go watch it. Justin, you want to do a little promo for us? I was just going to say, I don't care where you find me, just find Brick Madness on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. And then uh, on Friday, we're also doing a um, drinking game slash uh, chat about the whole movie and uh, and watching it, doing a watch party. So that's Friday. I was in it. I'm funny. I was in it. Ian's, Ian's totally, he's not on the front, I'm but he's not totally on the back a bunch of times. He's totally funny. <laughs> he has a couple of the best a laughs lot of in the whole movie. People. A lot of funny yeah. people in there. That's no awesome. Doubt. Well, thank you, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I'm Sarah Marintz at sarahmarintz.com and Sarah Marintz on Instagram, LinkedIn, all the fun stuff. And we will see you next time. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. You might be looking at Shoot Stop video and thinking, so how does this all work? Is this about A, setting up the whole crew for me? B, just giving me options and having me handle it. Or C, something in between. Well, it's D, all of the above. To put it simply, we're here to help you in any way that we can to get the crew and talent you need for your next production. We believe that every level of video production can benefit from a well-maintained list of qualified crew members for every position. This goes for pre-pro, on set, and for post. Every project is different. So if you need a producer to help manage the decision-making process, then we can totally do that. If you're already a producer and want to build your own crew from scratch, then go for it. We're here to make your next production a success. And if you are crew or talent looking for producers that want you, then you've come to the right place. Sign up now and also leave a referral for any solid people that you know that are already on here. Thank you for considering ShootStop Video and happy shooting.